It's the Halloween season, and <laughs> wasn't expecting that. And um, the uh, it's it's death by video. Here's a movie that you never seen. The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles. There'll be tears. You won't watch a movie for about. Eight billion years, it's time for death By video Time for death By video And now, the show will begin Hey! Hey, I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And I'm Graham, saying welcome back to another episode of Merry Movie Mayhem. This is a non-canon episode, so it doesn't count towards our march to episode 100. Non-canon. Yep. Even, and by the way... If bonus. Any, it's a bonus episode. I do want to apologize. To it's a special. It's our Halloween special. We've actually we decided we're gonna go back to our start. We we go back to the original old abandoned video shop, um, west of Newmarket, east of Highway Seven, south of Markham, and uh, north of where where else is it north of? Uh, I thought it was north of Highway Seven. Yeah, exactly. But unfortunately, it's been torn down to yeah, become a condo. Yeah, we couldn't find it. Maybe maybe you had the address wrong, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Um, the GPS didn't help. <laughs> yeah. So instead, we've now gathered inside. We found an even older abandoned video store. We were at Bob's Betamax Bunker, out of business since 1982. And uh, Betamax, the superior uh, format, but the loser in the format races. Yes. And it was not due to pornography. Let's just get that out of the way. Everyone says, did you know the reason why VHS took off is because... No. It was because VHS was a cheaper format, and uh, you actually the tapes were longer. You could fit a whole two-hour movie on one tape. I'll say Sony definitely learned their lesson from that one when the the Blu-ray. Oh yeah, yeah, worse. But if you switch the mode, you could just cramp six hours on a VHS tape. Exactly, all that terrible quality, just six hours long. I was getting like three Bond movies on there during oh, yeah, that. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> during TBS's uh, Bond mm-hmm. marathon. Back before Bond movies were two hours and 45 minutes long. <laughs> Some of them without commercials, if mm-hmm. I was sitting there for it. Yep. Uh, most of them with commercials. Yeah. Um, so I do want to apologize. Some of our listeners have been saying how come we've been slowing down our episodes because uh, we're back on a roll after we could meet in person. Unfortunately, work, you know, it gets in the way of life sometimes. I actually work in the film industry and uh, I'm on a movie right now with a person who is quite terrible. <clears throat> And uh, she's been making my life miserable. That's the last I'll say about that. I didn't sign an NDA. <laughs> um, Hasn't she been dead for 20 years? Something is like this, that. Is this the ghost of It's more like the revenge of Tony. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're, we're going to do, this is our Halloween special. We're doing a horror movie that none of us have seen before. At least I don't think so. I know Kit most definitely probably hasn't. I haven't. Phil, I don't think you have. So I'm going to say that right now because we don't, because Phil and Kit don't know. We're going to watch... A movie from the 1980s. We are going to watch The Evil Dead Trap. No, I have not seen that. You threw me for a loop there. Because <laughs> I was going to be like, well, I, you can't suppose that we haven't seen Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Um, so The Evil Dead Trap. This Evil is Dead a... Trap, a Japanese film oh. from the 19... Uh, I think it's from the late 80s, late 90s. Anyways, there is a brand spanking new Blu-ray. I'm reaching over across the table to get it at the old Bob's... Betamax bunker. Um, 
It's from 1988. Um, of course, it was not named that originally. I actually haven't done it. Too any- bad it couldn't come out on Betamax. Yeah, it probably... Oh, no, it wouldn't have. Um, I To keep up with the whole like surprise aspect of this, I haven't done any research, so we're just going to go into this cold. Um, guys, it's the spooky season. Have we seen anything spooky since we last recorded? Um, if you want to call the card counter spooky... <laughs> Some say Paul Schrader is spooky. Yes, he definitely is. Are they tarot cards? I, 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 I'm a grabe. Uh, that's not really a spoiler. Uh, mm-hmm. I have heard that. Yeah. Because it's revealed quite early on that Oscar Isaac's character was a torturer at Abu Ghraib. Oh. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Like, real life it's, scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Bill? Um, checking the old letterboxed? Yes, I'm checking the old letterboxed. Um... It's not a feature-length movie and not spooky, uh, Los Suris. It's an hour-long documentary. It's part of uh, Criterion's New York Stories. It's about the former Puerto Rican community of Williamsburg. The movie came out in uh, 1984. Mm-hmm. So this was back when Williamsburg was like the most impoverished uh, part of New York. Oh, so this is the actual Williamsburg in Brooklyn that became the hipster mecca yes. of the late aughts, early yeah, uh, teens. Yeah, so it was, so it was mm. essentially the ghetto. Oh, like, like most places yes. before they change. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Anything else? Uh, yes, I finally watched in its entirety. I thought I had watched it in its entirety years ago, but apparently not. Uh, Living in Oblivion. Uh, oh, the Steve Buscemi. The Steve Buscemi and Catherine Keener mm-hmm. and Dermot Mulroney. Uh, Good old Dermot Mulroney. Good old Dermot. And, not uh, Dylan McDermott. No, and uh, it was, I think, a very early Peter Dinklage role. Ah. Good old, some early dink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got so nothing. it's a movie about making movies, so uh, mm-hmm. Which you he, might be able to relate to it because just uh, yeah, production hell. Didn't he also do, well, that was right after In the Soup, right? Yeah, it was a couple years after In the yeah. Soup. Another movie about making movies. And um, Living in Oblivion is directed by Tom DiCillo, who did uh, Johnny Sway. Yep, and he was uh, the cinematographer on um, uh, Stranger Than Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of his cinematography, and then he became a director. Yeah. Johnny Sweet, I think that was uh, Brad Pitt's first starring role. First starring role, and Brad Pitt went out of his way to bury it. (laughs) A ringing endorsement from good old Brad Pitt. Uh, I also watched um, on the Criterion Channel La Piscine. I watched um, the French version. There were two versions that came out. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was um, the English language version. The cast was multilingual. The swimming pool. So with Mm -hmm. uh, Alain Delon, Romy Schneider, uh, Jane Birkin. Now, was this the movie that came out in the 2000s called Swimming Pool, or is this a different film? No, that's not It's not that one. Yeah, because um, that, that film, I never saw it, but it looked great. I, I do like that one as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was La Piscine, or The Swimming Pool. It was remade as A Bigger Splash a few years back. All right. Cool. But yeah, that's on the Criterion channel. That was a really good one. And I finally watched the full three-hour cut of Margaret. I'd seen it before, but only the two-and-a-half-hour theatrical version. And, uh, nice. It, it really enriched the experience. And uh, it's also a good uh, pregame because, you know, s- season three Succession's dropping and, like, half the cast of Margaret's also on Succession. Nice. Cool. Kit, have you seen anything spooky since we last recorded? Oh, Graham, I've been spooking it up. I've been... Uh, <clears throat> 
all month long it's been nothing but spooky movies for me um i I do love this season so we'll we'll forget about my end of september movies nobody cares about those let's move on um i i started things off with a real spooky film i watched a ghost story which is not actually that spooky but it's about ghosts it's super artsy it's uh you know a meditation on death Mm -hmm. and just uses the uh the sheet ghost as a kind of avatar for that in the good old four by three aspect ratio yeah oh yeah with 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 the rounded corners corners, Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah we're going seriously uh twee in our in our pretensions here, somewhere Wes Anderson is rolling over in his grave. <laughs> he's not even dead yet, or oh. maybe he is. Ooh, uh, he's just been directing movies. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's got Rooney Mara spending four minutes, uh, sadly, eating an entire pie to herself until she vomits. Uh, spooky. Uh, then I moved on to Juan the Grudge, the Japanese hell yeah uh, original version of the Grudge, uh, and I haven't seen the American either. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing The Ring on a date a long time ago, which yeah, was okay. The American remakes of those movies didn't really do it for me because it's like we're taking a Japanese... At least the, the Japanese, the American remake of Jew on the Grudge was actually set in Japan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Was um, there a new uh, reboot of The Grudge? There was. It didn't go anywhere. I believe, yeah. It might have even been a show or something. No, it was a movie. Okay. Because the the Japanese movies, there's a bunch of sequels. Yeah. Like, there's a whole lore. There's mm-hmm. even, like, this isn't even the first one, I don't think. No. Um, it's called The Grudge. I think the first one is called, um, like, The Rage. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, I think the movie really hinges on whether or not you find a little boy scary. Uh, I just saw a little, a cute little boy covered in ash white makeup. I feel like he could just tossle his hair. I don't know why the Japanese <laughs> are afraid of children so much. Um, there is an effective feeling of dread, though, because there's the body count in this is so goddamn high. People just keep on dying uh, or mysteriously disappearing, never to be seen again. Ooh. And it's like 10 or 12 of them. Cool. Um, and, you know, kind of gives you a sense of the uh, overall uh, not being able to escape traumas of the past. So effective, you know, three stars. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, then I went and watched uh, the Tim Burton classic Beetlejuice. Not much needs to be said here. I think it still holds up four stars. Uh, forget what a friggin' horny asshole ghost <laughs> Michael Keaton is in this movie. Because everybody remembers the cartoon, the cartoon show. And it's like, men, uh, like uh, Winona Ryder, I think she's playing 15 in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, And he wants to marry her and he's getting all horny around her. And then in the cartoon, it's just the two of them having adventures. They're just friends. <laughs> so he's it is wild. Mm-hmm. But man, what a good movie. Just the, uh, Tim Burton's yeah. whole style was on point. Uh, everything about it. Catherine O'Hara is just fantastic. My favorite thing is still the dinner table scene. Just oh, yeah. Like the just dynamite. And uh, when, watching it this time, uh, when it starts off, there's a like spooked up version of the Banana Boat song that, <laughs> that sort of plays during the <laughs> opening credits. Nice. Um, then I went to the theaters, first time in the theaters for a long time, to see the uh, kind of spooky, not really, Venom Let There Be Carnage. Oh, how was that? <laughs> That's that's peak Spider-Man '90s for me. Like reading the comics, I even have I have issue one of the Venom versus Carnage. Oh, uh, well, one of my series. favorite video games back in the day was Maximum Carnage. A on, great uh, video. Yeah, was, uh, I had the notch. I played the Genesis version. It's dope. Um, yeah. yeah, so you got Woody Harrelson um, as Carnage in this one, and the the here's the funny thing. It's uh, two and a half stars is what I give it. I mean, it's, it's nonsensical movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little worse than the last one, and uh, I mean. 
story by Tom Hardy is pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. But uh, they have Woody Harrelson, and there's a, it starts off with a flashback uh, set in 1996 when he's in prison. And they have this teenager uh, playing Woody Harrelson. Well, not a teenager. A young man playing uh, Woody Harrelson uh, with Woody Harrelson's voice dubbed in. And it's like, we know what Woody Harrelson looked like in 1996. He looks like he does now. Yeah. He's been 30 <laughs> for the past 30 years. You didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so saw that. And then I saw, for the first time, finally uh, finally getting around to this one, uh, Possession. Oh, snap. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a good movie. That one's uh, really yeah, good. That's a, it's an absolutely bonkers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it's about divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the uh, Andrzej Zulowski, Zulowski he, uh, he went through a rough divorce before making that movie, if it wasn't clear enough. Uh, yeah, that... Uh, uh, there's a lot going on there. Uh, a lot of cozy-looking sweaters on Sam I do also he, he is dressed very well in that. Yeah, it's that great Berlin cold all year long. It's such a Cold War movie, too. I know. Yeah. I love it. Um, but I should say, point. go check out the Faculty of Horror podcast. They did an episode on Possession. Uh, both hosts didn't like it, but they had I very... I can see not liking this movie. But, I can definitely see yeah, not liking and, it. And they, like, even though like I'm a huge fan of this movie, their uh, their their take on it and their uh, their reasons for not liking it i enjoyed listening to and i think it was very informative and totally valid so please give them a listen yeah there's a 4k restoration of it playing in theaters now it's all over north america yeah it would be it's uh 40th anniversary Um, yeah but yeah it was playing at the fox i was even thinking about seeing if anybody was available thanksgiving night but then i had to go have thanksgiving dinner yeah by the way it was thanksgiving in canada which working with americans like i don't have a problem with americans but you got to get over the thing about Thanksgiving. It's not an American holiday. There has been Thanksgiving fall festivals in Europe for centuries. Oktoberfest started as Thanksgiving. Canadian Thanksgiving predates American Thanksgiving by about 80 years. Just let it go. Get over it. Yeah. Stop saying, it's an American holiday. Why are you guys getting a day off when it's not? Who says that? A lot of Americans. Plus, they have it in the middle of the week on a Thursday. It's I know. It's the most inconvenient thing in the world. Yeah, like, why weird. are you going to do that? You're just forcing yeah. people to take a four-day weekend. Mm-hmm. But again, nothing against Americans. Just some of them need to understand that Thanksgiving isn't the great... isn't, like, Easter or something. Uh, all right. I don't well, know why I went to Easter. Easter's not an American holiday. No, it's not. <laughs> um, okay, then I watched... Yeah. The, the Jim Jarmusch... Because it's not a holiday uh, Mormons. Yeah. Then I watched the Jim Jarmusch zombie film, The Dead Don't Die. How did you think of that? I didn't. I wasn't a fan. And that, uh, that, no, not really a fan. Yeah, and that pains me because I'm a huge Jim Jarmusch fan, I but I did not, not, I, I did not I like that movie. And I, I was thinking because people who are Jim Jarmusch fans were like, oh, I didn't really like it. And then my brother liked it. And I'm like, well, maybe it's because it's not like a typical Jim Jarmusch fan, uh, film. And since I'm not a Jim Jarmusch guy, I thought maybe it's for me. But, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> wasn't, yeah, it was not a typical Jim Jarmusch Well, film. for example, you've yeah. got uh, the RZA. Uh, he plays a, um, a delivery guy named Dean in this one, and he works for a delivery company called Woo PS. Yeah. So that's the kind of humor uh, we're dealing with here. It's basically, it's, it's, it's an entire excuse for Jim Jarmusch to hang out with his cool, famous friends. Uh, it's fun seeing Iggy Pop as a zombie. And the RZA as a zombie later on. Mm-hmm. Um, it really breaks the fourth wall and uh, is meta a lot, which is not as funny as I think no. Jim thinks is funny. I don't know. When I was in the theater, like Adam a lot Driver of... just going, I read the script. I know how the movie ends. Yeah, Jim gave me the script. And Bill Murray being like, he gave you the script after everything I've done for him? It's like, that's, that's yeah. a chuckle for you and your friends. It's not really... Yeah, at the, at the theater I was at Selena when I Gomez saw it... Selena is in it for no reason at all. Yeah, the, in, the film, when, in the theater that I, I was at when I saw it... Um, 
people were laughing a lot. People really liked the movie. There's, just, there's funny little not, moments. Yeah. Even um, and, uh, Tilda Swinton's hyped up mm-hmm. Scottish accent and her completely um, silly karate uh, katana sword thing. Yeah. I do have to say, Jim Jermush, though, he, he was very, very, like, in all the press, he, he just basically said, like, he didn't explain why he made a zombie movie, but he also kind of said, like, everybody making a zombie movie is just imitating George Romero. And well, we should exactly all, And we should is. all just... Ex- and, and he's like, and you should all just admit it, like... Because he invented this, he did it. He was an independent filmmaker who didn't have like a studio or a network behind him. I'm looking at you, The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, I noticed one review that was like, "Oh, uh, Jim Jarmusch's zombie film is fiercely political," which it isn't. Mm-hmm. It just has Steve Buscemi wearing a "Make America White Again" hat. That's basically it. Yeah, the end. Um, and then finally ended things off with another classic, one I've seen before, but uh, one of the best sci-fi horror movies uh, you can name. It's The Thing. Ooh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Of course. Yeah. Great, um, solid. Just fantastic. It's amazing how those effects mm-hmm. uh, hold up still. This oh. you got to stick to practical effects. I know. I'm, I am curious. Uh, I never did see the 2011 um, prequel, it would, it would uh, mm-hmm. appear to be. Um, I haven't really heard anything but like kind of like, oh, it was all right. It was surprisingly okay kind it- of thing. It basically just came out and disappeared. It, it was like inoffensive is the best thing I heard about it was that it didn't really, it wasn't bad enough to make people angry. It wasn't good enough to make people excited. Uh, I, the only thing I did here is that they initially shot everything with practical effects. They and then CGI, in post, yeah. they, they covered it up with CGI because they said it looked like an old movie. Yeah, the old movie looks fine. It, it looks good. I mean, I know I, I heard some factoids. Apparently during the, um, the autopsy scene... Wilfred Brimley is the only one who did not uh, get uh, like queasy or uneasy during it. He was just like, ah, whatever, it's a movie. Yeah. By the way, Wilfred uh, Brimley, the secret star of this film. R.I.P. Wilfred Brimley. Yeah, R.I.P. When he, he comes out with that died. gun, he's like, I'll kill you. Just fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Cool. Um, um, that's it. Yeah, I watched Black Widow. That's it. That's not a spooky movie, Graham. No, I know. I was visiting family. The one with uh, Deborah Winger and uh, no, Teresa Russell. No, no, the uh, the the Marvel movie, which actually I was I went in with very low expectations and I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's I hate to say it's not like the typical Marvel movie, but it actually is different. It's a lot more grounded until the craziness at the end. Um, but it was good. It was a good. I call it a, a perfectly fine Sunday afternoon movie. Yeah, it's one of those uh, movies where they they poached an art house director and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they've been doing that. Yeah, yeah. they like Chloe Zhao is like directing the Eternals, and uh, Jesse Hawkins been like mm-hmm. making fun of uh, the Eternals for the last month. I, tro- I know he he goes off on that and tries to get um, mm-hmm. his mentions just swarming with Marvel's fans, uh, but. It doesn't look good. No. I don't know. Well, the other thing too is like, listen, I grew up being a Marvel Comics fan. I have no idea. Who I have no are. idea. Who <laughs> I spent all my money between the ages of four and seventeen on comic books, and I have no idea who these characters are. Anytime they were mentioned in comic books, I would just kind of glaze over because it's like, oh, they fucking started the universe and the season and pairs gods, and now they're back. And the... it doesn't. That's that's how I expect it to go down. But, uh, but yeah, Black Widow was fun. Check it out. Florence Pugh is great in it. I kind of feel like I had that feeling watching when uh, the first scene where uh, Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh, Pugh are in the same um, plow, plow, Pugh, are in the same scene. Does, that does I, Scarlett pronounce it Johansson? That's, here's the thing. So <laughs> the one time I have been in the same room as Scarlett Johansson, uh, she was introduced as Scarlett Johansson. Okay. And so after that, I'm just like, I guess she's Scarlett Johansson. 
Well, now she's married to Carl. What's his face? Colin Yost. They're Scar Yost. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Why? Anyways, um, it's it's uh, the, it reminded me of the scene in when I finally got around to watching um, not Interstellar, the other boring uh, movie, um, Inception. Um, when Tom Hardy is first in a scene with Leonardo DiCaprio, and Tom Hardy just acts like circles around Leo DiCaprio. Like I found that with Florence Pugh uh, and uh, and Scarlett Johansson, and just like just whew, good. She's a great actress. Uh, I can't wait to see what she does next. Um, okay, so let's watch. Evil Dead Trap, we'll be back with our thoughts in a moment. If you're looking for more horror outside of the mainstream, look no further than Unsung Horrors, a podcast about underseen horror movies. I'm Lance. And I'm Erica. Every other week, we'll cover a horror movie with fewer than 1,000 views on Letterboxd. We'll even give you double feature recommendations to pair with the movies we discuss. From gothic to shot on video, from slashers to comedies, from giallo to J-horror, We'll cover all the subgenres. So join us as we unearth these hidden gems of horror. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Unsung Horrors, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And that was Evil Dead Trap. A uh, Evil Dead Trip, I thought. Was it Trap? <laughs> it was Trap. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> you wrote Evil Dead Trip. Um, yeah. A very... I just thought it was a bad translation. Yeah. A very, very Halloween-y movie, sort of, I guess. Oh, um, for sure. It had, yeah. uh, it had some spooks and scares. It had some spooks, some scares, some vicious eye trauma. Like, right oh, my o- good gosh. Right off the bat, clearly, the these filmmakers were inspired by Lucio Fulci. Um, there was some definite like music cues that sounded a bit like the Beyond. It sounded the almost... Theme. I wouldn't be surprised if they used the same music. It's it's different. I'm, I I know that score pretty well. Um, I mean, there's maggots. There's eye trauma. There's there's like unnecessary maggots. And there's the, the eye trauma does like they top Lucio Fulci. I'd say there's there's goo coming out of the eye. Yeah, and then they lift the so like it op- opens on somebody watching uh, a news report or a there's like a it looks like Videodrome. It looks, what do they call it? It's her name is Nami. Nami. Yeah, Nami. she's a uh, late late night is the uh, the show yeah. uh, the Nami's show that late, she late hosts night, yeah. and it's it's uh it's like a sensationalist tabloid show. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is reminiscent of Videodrome in, in some ways, and I think there's some a little bit of inspiration from there. It wouldn't surprise me. Videodrome is pretty... I, I know that it took off with the Japanese audience. Uh, I know Fulci films like traveled well there. Um, I mean, it's one of those things, like, there's so many people in Japan that I find that that uh, if you go digging for, like, a big cult following of something that's got a cult, small cult following elsewhere, they, it will exist. Um, but... Yeah, this film uh, opens up. It, it's it's one of those things where it's like it kind of suffers from. It, it, a lot of Japanese films have to be longer. Like this one was like Phil. I think you you tracked down was a hundred minutes. It's a hundred minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a hundred minutes. I felt it could have it could have been dynamite at ninety. Oh, for sure. Not to put the even, film down. Even eighty. It could have could have done. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, it could have done a tight eighty. A sweet spot for horror movies. Yeah. It, it could have done a few. It had a few like long tracking Dutch angle shots that could have been like ah it doesn't need to be there maybe. But you a know a few what? of those sex scenes could have. Uh... It's been shortened for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, like it, this is one of those movies you put on with your when you're like close to your parents and then you're like oh god. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. This was my idea. There was a long between. It was Ray and uh, Kondo. Kondo. Yes. Who I was calling Whiskey Dick for a bit because uh, early on you find a. Yeah. He's apologizing to Ray, and you're like, oh, did he get a little too handsy? Was he a little bit too much? But no, it turns out that he, he couldn't get it up. He couldn't rise to the occasion, so to speak. And, 
and yeah, and then they proceed to have a very long, very like soundy sex scene as I was realizing because my windows are open and I think one of my upstairs, uh, the other people live in my building. <laughs> they change positions a yeah. few times. Hey man, they, <laughs> they have an exciting life. Um, so it starts off with basically a videotape has been mailed to Nami, the host of this TV show, and she wants to put it on air, but her producer's like, no, it's too da- it, it, it's too gross because it basically shows a woman being killed. Yeah, she gets stabbed. The, she gets stabbed in the eye, and then the knife goes up, and it rips open the eyelid. So it's Also a, before then, mm. it's like slices through her uh, abdomen, and yeah. it's some very close-up gross yeah. shots. Very graphic, very And it gross. also, importantly enough, ends with a shot of the host... Oh, superimposed. Yeah, yeah. So the so because it starts off with with somebody, two people watching uh, her report and saying, "Doesn't she look just like mom?" Sorry, you're gonna break the cable that oh, way. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um. And uh, and it's like, yeah, she does. And then they send her that video, and in it, there's the frame that they they were watching of her that night. So it's very disturbing. And she wants to go check it out. Her producer's like, no. And then she decides, like, no, we'll just go do it on her own. So she recruits her whole team from her show. Her I think it's her stylist, the because they, they they listed it. Uh, I've I've written them down here. We've got Nami, yeah. who is the host. We've got uh, Mako, who is the photographer, but also the writer. Yeah, uh, she she arrives with a with a camera, mm-hmm. one of those old school flash cameras. Uh, we've got Rai, um, who is the producer. I think so. No, or is she, that Ray? Uh, R E I. She was the stylist. Okay, she's the stylist, yeah. R- and then I- Ray is the uh, is the producer. Yeah, um, and then um, the Kondo is the director. He's a assistant assistant director. director. Assistant so he's director. an AD. So yeah, he basically like organized shoots and stuff. And so they they basically utilizing because the the video that got gets sent has some landmarks in it, and so they follow the landmarks in the video. They have a very cool news truck which actually has a TV mounted into the front console of their of their van, which they're they're using to like reference like, oh, this is where it was. And then they actually find the place where the video was produced, and it's this former American, I guess, military camp of some sort. Yeah, like a like a. It looks like a deserted factory, but I think it's also an American military compound slash factory. Yeah. Um, I'm also trying to think of the name of the van. It was like Turbo. What was it called? We all remarked on it. Turbo Power, I think. It <laughs> yeah, was. yeah, just Turbo Power. It says on the side, yeah. which is you know cool. Yeah, great probably has really good gas mileage um but uh yeah it's uh so they get there and immediately things are off immediately it's creepy immediately they're being watched um phil where do we go from there yeah like the the ominous foreshadowing it's punishable by law if you trespass Mm -hmm. uh... and the lock mysteriously opens because when they first get to the gates it's locked naturally yes with a padlock and chains and the lock just pops right open as soon as nami touches it and the warning's so stern they even have it translated in english Mm -hmm. and they do the thing that you're not supposed to do in any movie horror suspense action whatever they They go ahead they no, they split up and go their separate ways like, like the Scooby Gang. Exactly. Actually, that kind of makes sense. They are kind of like the Scooby Gang traveling in their van to solve oh, this totally. mystery. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. they're literally a van. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't end the same way. There's what? no Scooby Snacks to be had. And just like in uh, the Scooby-Doo cartoons, where Daphne and Fred kind of uh, go off to have sex with one yeah, another. Yeah, that happens with... Uh, uh, with Kondo, Kondo and... And, uh, and uh, Ray. Yes, I think it's Ray. It's Ray, R-E-I. Very long, very uncomfortable. Well, not uncomfortable for them, but uncomfortable. Oh, they seem to be having a yeah. good time. 
for if you're watching it with your parents, uh, uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but during this, there's like, uh, what would you say this this type of shot is where it's like a, it's like a quick um, yeah. Uh, quick so there's cut shot where it's like some a POV the cameras, thing. Yeah, it's it's very similar to the Evil Force and the Evil Dead films. And I think that's maybe where the the inspiration came to rename this film Evil Dead Trap for its North American release. And let me bring up the actual original name of the film. I think it was like Trap of the Dead Spirits, um, which would make more sense. Doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just look it up. Monosyllabic titles are uh, evil. Well, evil's too silly, but you know. <laughs> yeah, no. The original title of this film was Trap of the Dead Spirits, uh, which kind of makes sense to a degree. Although the the killers, as we find out, are not dead. You could do a dead ghost mm-hmm. trap, you know. Yeah, yeah. Snappy enough. Yeah, so... so Although Dead Ghost would mm-hmm. be redundant, obviously. Yeah. Basically, also, immediately, uh, some characters get spooked, some don't, and Ray is the first person to die. Well, first, N- Nami, who... Uh, she goes alone, so we've got uh, Kondo and, and Ray go off, and then Rai and uh, Mako go off, and then uh, Nami goes off on her own, and she comes across a, a dude just wearing flip-flops hanging out. Oh, right, flip-flop man with the sunglasses. <laughs> I can't... Do we... Do we remember his name? No. We, know, we end up knowing his brother's name as Hideki. Yeah. I can't remember his name. His name, let me look it up here. No. Uh, I, I can't tell who's playing who, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's keep going. So she meets him, but then... Let's 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 cut to the chase because there's a lot of wandering around, a lot of atmosphere building, and it is very atmospheric. They do the they do that thing I love in in movies from the '80s where it's like it's bright sunlight day out outside, yet there's a fog that's totally not caused by a fog machine. And and characters will move mm. around, and like a, a light, a dangling light will suddenly crash down. Yeah. It's one oh, of those. and uh, Kondo, by the way, is doing the classic um, thing where he tries to spook people, and he's he's trying to pretend to. Yeah, he hid in a box with fake with uh, vampire fangs. So we got a few jump scares that mm-hmm. way. And then uh, Ray actually discovers the. I think that's the corpse that they actually see of uh, on the video uh, inside a inside a box, and she opens it up, and this is where the trap part of Evil Dead Trap happens. A like long spike comes out of the ground and stabs her and pins her into a chair and then another spike comes out of another part of the um the wall and stabs her again and then a third spike comes out and like finishes the job and then <laughs> which she's was just, already pretty much done yeah and then it's still prolonged even with that third yeah. spike going through her she hangs in there she's yeah a, she's a trooper yeah but it's it's a uh it's a it's it's pr- probably you know they did it smartly to include that because like this is the first big like murder big set kill. piece. I don't want to. I, I was trying to avoid. I know. Doing that. I know. Yeah. Big big sexy kill. <laughs> the first murder set piece of the film, and it is gnarly. And it is the other thing too. I want to point out, like this film is very as much as the the violence in it is super gnarly. It's also not realistic, which I find always helps. It's like it's very over the top and very, but not cartoony. It's still you feel it. You you cringe, but it's not like you're watching, you know, uh, a Martin Scorsese film where the violence is meant to be real. Um, and so then now we we realize that uh, yeah, even during the eye stabbing scene, it's like it, it goes in slowly, like this sort of like mm-hmm. white goo comes out. Yeah, uh, translucent goo. Even. Yeah, yeah. Your eyes not filled with milk. So no. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's uh, it's it was gnarly and great, and uh, and then we move on and. Well, it did did uh, is it Ray that first saw the uh, the guy with the ball gag in his mouth that cha- was chained up? I think that was Mako. Yeah, one of them gets spooked. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because because Mako and Rai are in uh, a place, and they are in one of the buildings, and they I think they see the the hooded camo figure, and that's where. And that's what spooks Mako and Ray, and they kind of go for a walk. And then uh, as Mako's walking by, there's a man uh, chained up with a ball gag in his mouth. And this actually, this is when we see our first uh, appearance of the camo man. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we're like, oh, there's a dude chained up. We don't know why he's chained up. Um, everyone kind of gets back together uh, briefly. They can't find uh, Ray, but Rai, uh, Kondo, Mako, and... Uh, Nami are all together at the car at the car and they're like we should leave we should leave but then they choose not to well like, for one their friend's not there yeah yeah they can't leave Ray so they, they leave a note for Ray and say oh we've gone into the main building because Mako actually finds out where that murder happened because she found the spot oh that's right yeah where do we go from there guys uh well things definitely go downhill mm-hmm Oh, uh, the body of uh, Ray suddenly comes on a, like a one of those uh, pulley systems, like she's on tender hooks, and yeah, uh, she just it's like comes, a zip line, uh, mm-hmm. zip lines, and knocks I think uh, one of them down. Uh, it might be Mako. Yeah. And uh, the lights keep on going out, so she's using her her flash, camera, yeah. her flash on her camera mm-hmm. to uh, to illuminate things. And again, I think Kondo gets another jump scare in here, mm-hmm. where uh, he, he pretends to be like he puts on his hood and. and oh yeah. Like oh you bastard. And mm-hmm. then they see the body of Ray, and it's like at this point, well, things are serious now. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Ray, uh, she runs, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't get very far. Yeah. Well, she so no, they she split goes up out because into, they're all terrified at this point. Yeah. So she goes out into the uh, get to get into the van to, to escape, and she gets close, but unfortunately, in the back of the van, there is the the man with the ball gag. He no longer has the ball gag. And he's basically told, like, he explains that. Uh, if he kills trespassers, they will let him go. Who is they? He doesn't. They don't say. Like he says, like they're two, but they appear as one. Um, and then he also mentions that uh, I'm not just going to kill you. I'm going to have some fun first. Yeah. And this leads to a rape scene, which is prevalent in a lot of Japanese genre cinema and a lot of genre cinema worldwide as well. Don't want to just throw it under that. So a bit of a it goes on a little yeah. bit too long. It is harrowing, I suppose, but a bit too. I I have to say it's not the worst rape scene I've seen no. in a uh, in a in a genre film. And um, buddy, the ball gag gets it pretty good. Yeah, in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the killer, uh, or well, yeah, the killer basically stabs him through the through the back of the mouth as he's on top of Rye, and then blood oozes out of his mouth onto Rye's face. She takes this opportunity to escape. She gets outside, but and gets caught with a. It looks like a rabbit slip. If yeah. you if you remember rabbit slips, it well, does. Yeah, yeah. Like if you grew up in the country, you know what rabbit slips look like. They're little nooses, uh, nooses made out of out of like wire to catch rabbits as they're going through through a run, and it basically uh, catches her around the neck, drags her over the top of the car. That's not what kills her though. Even though it eats into her flesh, it's the fall down when she comes straight down on her head, breaks her neck, and yeah. is dead. Um. Next up, we have the, the killer. Kind of arrives here. The the guy yeah. in a camo. We keep on seeing him with his camo uh, pants. Yeah, and smock and and a hood. Um, and a where do camo we, mask? Yeah. Yes. So where do we go from here? Because I know, um, Mako, Kondo, and um, 
and so Nami. Kondo they, and Nami are together. Yeah, and they fall through a hole in the floor. And then Mako, uh, she uh, she she kind of barricades herself. Mm-hmm. She closes this yellow door, and she uh, she barricades it, and um, and she's kind of sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then wait, it's kind of like a static shot there for a bit as she's uh, kind of looking down uh, mm-hmm. the long corridor that's in front of her. And meanwhile, the the door handle moves. Yeah. Um, and then I can't exactly remember how the killer gets in because I thought she. I think he just opens the door. I think that's the thing is that open. the barricade isn't that great. He comes in, he knocks her unconscious. He's got a serrated blade mm-hmm. like a Rambo knife. Um, yeah, which she grabs onto, but of course that slices her hand open and yeah. she faints. Mm-hmm. And so then he puts her in a. It's very much. Uh, a, I'm calling it a saw two trap because the traps in Saw 2 were a bit more elaborate than Saw 1, but they weren't as crazy insane as the rest of the series. So, um, and at this point, Nami wakes up on top of the building, and she's wondering what's going on, how did I get up here, and uh, this is when Flip-Flop Man comes back. It's Flip-Flop Man, and uh, he's like, is that your friend over there? And then we pan over, and we see Kondo's head. head. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from and there? It's not from? just a oh. classic condo gag this time. No, he's really decapitated. <laughs> oh, that condo cutting off his head for jokes. It's all about the lulls. Uh, Phil, where do we go from there? Uh, after the grody uh, decapitation and lingering of the him dying, I not sure. Oh, I think I think it's Flip Flop Man and uh, Nami are now because she's the only yeah. one that's left. Yeah, uh, we don't know what's happened to Mako, but she's the only one that's left. Yeah, and they're just hanging out, and and obviously you're like Flip Flop Man is our prime suspect here. Well, he even admits he's like, I grew up around here with my brother, and I'm here to like come and like find him. Hideki. And she she explains early on, she's like, Oh, I'm a TV host, and he's like, yeah. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen a TV in years. And you're like, Okay, man. Yeah, but as we find of out later he's on, he's seen liar. lots of TVs. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they're just hanging out. He has a Zippo lighter, uh, which he's, uh, he also coolly lights his, uh, cigarette with a match, does not use the Zippo. No, he strikes it off of the wall, which is just like, without even looking at the wall, which doesn't work that way in real life. You can't just take a match to a wall and go. (laughs) This is the heyday of, uh, Zippo lighters being cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. As I was saying, I I had a (laughs) Zippo lighter, I think, when I was 18, and I thought it was the coolest shit. I don't even smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so there's there's ha- a pyromaniac. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They also uh, share some uh, some swigs from uh, flip flap flip flop man's uh, bottle of whiskey flask. There. Yeah, he has a little flask. We find out he drinks wild turkey. Yeah. So I guess that's what's in the he flask. Drinks some bourbon. It's all right. Um. So yeah, they're hanging out on a stairwell. He's explaining about his brother. Um. And then there's some noise or something, and he goes around the corner, and mm. he's like, "It's you." What are you doing here? And then he gets shot in the shoulder, it seems. With an arrow, yeah. With an arrow. And then kind of uh, takes mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And then it's just uh, Nami. Yeah. And I think this is when she uh, she stumbles through the door that Mako is in. Well, she well, well she hears Mako. Yeah, she hears Mako's And uh, then she sees... like she's, She sees a video. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, of Mako. Well, it's a live feed. And then she goes to use the door. But the door at the door, there is a... Oh, cable attached, which we see goes around a pulley and then goes up to the trigger of a crossbow that is pointed at Mako as Mako is tied up to a wall. Pointed directly at her. I know. And uh, so Nami opens the door and the the crossbow shoots, but it misses her. And you're like, oh, thank God it missed. And then Nami comes in to free her, but she trips over another cable, 
which then uh, unleashes a massive blade, which just buries Saws itself. through the side of her face. Yeah. yeah, buries itself in Mako's head, and that is the end of Mako, and now Nami is our sole survivor. She is the final girl, if you will. Yes. Um, and this is pretty, like, the, mm-hmm. it's, it's only, like, 40 minutes into the movie at this point. Yeah. You're like, wow, they've got, like, an hour to fill. We didn't know that yeah. at the time, but... Mm-hmm. Um, we just went in that cold. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know the time length, and also, like, this is one of the Blu-rays that, that for some reason, the... Um, the timer on my Blu-ray player doesn't show up. It's which actually I, probably which, about 40 minutes. Although we do get we get an extended yeah. scene here where uh, Flip-Flop Man shows back up. Well, because she gets shot by the by the killer. That's right. With a crossbow in the leg. And he comes in and he basically pulls the like the leg out of... Because he fires a gun. And, oh, is this one the first time that she, that yeah, she gets she, uh, Roman she gets, Candle shot at her? Yeah, because she gets something shot at her and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm not afraid of you. And then she yeah. gets shot in the leg. Um, and then the camo man disappears. Flip flop man comes back. Let's see. He's he's the freaking pokeroo for all you yeah. TV Ontario heads out Pokeroo. There. <laughs> I miss pokeroo. I love watching that when I was a kid. Camo man was here again, and I missed him. What? Um, what do you think, camo man? Camo man. <laughs> pokeroo. Oh, I like pokeroo. Sad that my nephews will never. Pokeroo just comes through the polka dot door and butchers everybody. No, well, he would be there to save everybody. He would be there to save save everybody and like fight off po- Camo Man. Pokeroo to the rescue! I, I would like to see a demented Pokeroo like uh, remake where it's just like. Well, there's come on, CanCon film industry. <laughs> That's an untapped. I don't want to see Pokeroo as the bad guy. Pokeroo, like it's got to be like there's got to be like a hardcore horror film where people are dying terribly. And then could there be the like a, just had, an evil version of Pokeroo? And then there's like someone stumbles into an old abandoned like house, and there's a polka dot door, and they open it, and Pokeroo comes out, and he's just like looks around, and he's like, "It's time to take take care of business," and he pulls out some <laughs> nunchucks, and just just an off-brand Pokeroo, yeah, yeah, <laughs> ah, it's feel good. Anyways, back to the Evil Dead trap. Yeah, so Flip Flop Man shows up mm-hmm. after Camo Man has left conveniently. Yeah. And uh, now they go through a bunch of uh, tunnels and Dutch angles. Tunnels, yeah, yeah. D- some Dutch angles do happen. They're Which, going down. Very the- stylish. I appreciate the mood sincerely. Uh, if I didn't have such a long, hard work uh, week at work, I would be like enthused and, and drawn in. Yeah, flip flop man. Like it, it's a, it's one of these things where he's like, all right, I think I know the way out, and then he like pulls up at a piece of floor, and there's like a, there's a, a trap door. Yeah. There, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like we got to go down into the dark. Yeah, and this uh, is where we also find out he, that... he gets the lighter going, and it's got just endless... I mean, Zippo lighters were good for uh, yeah. slow-burning their fuel. Um, but, man, it's going a while. Like, he, he could have, like, you know, boiled a pot of pasta with that. He's just um, got it going constantly, and he hands it to her at one point, and she and, drops it immediately. Because it's too hot. And this is where we learn that, like, early on in his life, he had nerve damage and can't feel pain. Which is why he was able to just shake off getting shot in the shoulder with a, with a bone, with a, an arrow. Um, and so is at this point that again, like he gives her his gun and he says, tells her to get out of here. Yeah. They do talk for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the seat's up a bit of time and yeah, he's like, exits that way. You can kind of, it's like, it's almost morning. Yeah. Um, exits that way. You can kind of see some light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. and he's like, you know how to use a gun? And she's like, oh, we did some, um, they went to the Philippines, Philippines. to go to a shooting range. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, that's something you do in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, here's the gun. You know, there's like a banter going on, and then he he holds the lighter to her to his fa- her face, and he's like, "You're really ugly now." It's just <laughs> <laughs> out of your, nowhere. Your pretty face is a mess. 
in this movie full of attractive women, he's just like, you know what, you're ugly. It's like, yeah. And it's at that point that you know he is the killer. Um, so she goes to the car, their van, and sees the bodies of uh, Rye and the ball gag man. And it's also at this point that the, the camel, camel man, man killer shows up. And he basically grabs the two bodies and drags them away slowly. And this is when she realizes, I've got to just put an end to this. I'm it, it's go. light out now, yeah. by the way. It's about like 5.30 or 5.45 in the morning. Yeah. And so she just decides, like, I'm going to put put a bullet in this guy and end it. And she goes back inside. and Limps uh, back inside. Everybody's mm-hmm. limping. I, I do appreciate that about horror movies, too, where yeah. people are just, like, limping because limping around. Yeah, unlike action movies where they get <laughs> shot in the arm and then they're, like, fine. They're punching people the next time. Whereas, like, really, your arm would just be dangling by the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like my dad when we watched Kill Bill for the first time, Volume One. As soon as like Uma Thurman gets her arm cut, he's like, she can't hold so- hold the sword anymore. I'm like, it's a movie. Yeah, you, you have yeah. to let that go. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or well, I mean, the alternative to that is in Seven when uh, Brad Pitt's talking to Morgan Freeman about his ex partner who died. It's like he got shot in the arm. Who would have thought you would die from that? It happens. Um, so then she goes back inside, and this is when she starts hearing the voice of. Flip Flop Man and Hideko's Hideki Hideki Hideki, I think. Hideki's Hideki's mother, and it's a repeated thing saying, "You must go to sleep. Tomorrow is a school day. You can't stay up late." I, I can't make excuses for you. Yeah, you're like a you're like a kite that's gotten away. You mm-hmm. naughty boy. And it keeps repeating, and then you realize, oh, it's a recording of a mother. And this is when she goes in and she sees like photos of Flip Flop Man when he was a kid with his mother, and there's a bunch of pins stuck in the photo of, of his mother. And this is when she puts it together that there's only one of them, not two. And, but however, as we learn later on, there actually is two. And it actually... As we find out shortly, actually. I, I watched this now and I, I realized this film must be an influence on Malignant, which came out this year. I was just thinking that. Did you see Malignant? No, but I, I, I You've heard had about the spoiler a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Phil, have you seen Malignant? I've not. Have you heard the spoiler? No. Okay, then this There's is a, very one of, those, op- one of those things where it's like a it's like a twin. Shh, don't anyway. spoil it because Phil might see it. The, the like... movie's been out for like well, like a month now. Yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna remember any of this. Okay, well, basically in *Malignant*. Okay, so in this film, uh, she realizes that it's it's him killing her, and that oh my god, they think I'm he thinks I'm like his mother because I kind of look like her, even though the photos don't really. It's like it's like you know that you hear that thing like yeah. oh I had we my mom was having twins, but my twin died in the womb, and then I absorbed yeah. my my brother. Mm-hmm. That that can happen actually. Yeah, and that's the idea here, and I think it's the same mm-hmm. idea in *Malignant*. Uh, it's different. It's, it's a, a common trope. In, in *Malignant*, <laughs> it's a tetra tumor, which is the kind of tumor that can develop like teeth and eyes and and oh, hair gosh. and and yeah. Don't Google it. It's very wow, gross. Literally malignant. It's, it's, like, uh, well, yeah. it's like how to get ahead in advertising. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. For years, I didn't even realize it was a pun. He gets a little yeah. head on his shoulder. Yeah. Really? <laughs> You've never seen that movie? No. Richard E. Grant, uh, Bruce Robinson, he director of *With No One Eye*. I've never seen that movie. It's on the Criterion Channel. George Harrison's production company, Handmade Films. Of course. It used to be on uh, First Choice all the time back in the day. That's how I know about it. Yeah, it was also mm-hmm. a showcase staple in the 90s. Okay. Um, <laughs> that blew my mind. I thought it was just a comedy about advertising. Anyways. Um, I mean, it is about a comedy about advertising, but it's also... Uh, about a, Richard Grant has a uh, boil that turns into a... A little head. A head of his evil incarnation that takes over his body. See, I hate... I kind of hate movies like that. <laughs> like I hate freaks. I hate all that stuff where it's like, I like body horror, but not that. 
because that is based in reality. There are tumors that like can grow teeth and hair and eyes, and it's very gross and disturbing. Um, and that's what Malina. They also grow facial hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because evil Richard Grant has a mustache. I, I do remember seeing there was a like one of those Ripley's or believe yeah. it or not shows, or I think, or something like that. There's a guy. They had the, yeah, the, two, the, the, the guy with man. Yeah, the guy with the second head, where like yeah. his eye, like the the nerves for his eyes were connected to the eyes of the tetra tumor, and like anytime he. he opened his eyes or moved his mouth it would move its eyes or mouth even though it had no and it's just it very scary yeah. yeah yeah um that's kind of what malignant's about and uh what if the tetra tumor became evil um and was secretly eating babies in the womb it's also the plot of i think the first harry potter movie cool i'm down with that <laughs> um so anyways this film though we find out that uh it, we think it's just a and again we always say spoilers on this podcast. We we don't hold things back. We go through the whole movie. We analyze it from frame one to the, to the end frame. Uh, and it turns out that uh, we think it's like a split personality thing. And he's like, basically like, she shoots him. Well, she says him. that too. She's like, yeah. stop pretending to be two people. And then she yeah. even says, what are you, some weird... She says, Mama's, Mama's boy, mom and then freak. also Mom Freak. I like Mom Freak. <laughs> That's the name Chris of our... Angel Mom Freak. <laughs> That's the name of our next band, Mom Freak. Um, so anyways, uh, she then shoots him, and he's like asking her to shoot him again, and she doesn't, and he says, idiot. And then all of a sudden, smoke's... Now, we didn't see this coming. Smoke starts coming out of the wound, and then all of a sudden, like... There's a bunch of explosions from his gut, and then this little tumorous baby. But there's been all these... an yeah. alien baby. Yeah. yeah, there's been all. Yeah, it really is because mm-hmm. the the eyes. But um, there's been explosions happening all over the place, and it's like, is there a ghost? It seems like there might be. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, this happens. His body explodes, and a little alien baby pops out. Yeah, and so then. The little alien baby starts choking her with the his umbilical cord. Umbilical cord, which I was like, "Yep, this movie went there." And this is a bit like reminiscent of the thing too, which is yeah. obviously another. Uh, and and a bit, even though oh no, that came afterwards. I was gonna say Peter Jackson's brain dead because there's like a baby and internal organs and, and stuff. Um, this film, then so then uh, yeah, I was not expecting man, this to happen. Yeah, <laughs> flip flop man grabs the the baby. He pull, yanks him back in by the umbilical cord. And shoves him back inside, and then basically explodes. Like, starts exploding, but burning. And then, is this when she does like the walk all the way around, where she walks out and comes back in to the same area? Well, she keeps on trying to get away, and explosions drive her back. Yeah, I, I think that happened before then. Yeah, because now she's just like she puts the gun down, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh well, I guess it was all." She she comes to some sort of realization. Yeah. And then he gets up and attacks her. So, like, yeah, so basically his body catches on fire after he's put the ba- the alien baby of Hideki back inside. Is there something outside? No. Oh. I saw your eyes go up. I freaked out. <sighs> Fucking that, that, that road rage guy is coming for me. Um, <laughs> road rage. That's a good title for a movie, Road Rage. It's just some oh guy that God. stalks. That's not when it's real. Based on a real story. Me. <laughs> um, so, anyways... So the 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 basically like his his body catches on fire and burns, and then falls and drops down, and she's like, oh, okay, it's finally over. And then she goes out and has to come back in because of the fire. This also like reminded me a bit of Suspiria, because at the end of Suspiria, as soon as you kill, as soon as uh, Susie Banyan in Suspiria, the original, not the remake, uh, kills the main witch, all of a sudden the building catches on fire and starts to explode around her, and she has to get out. And so 
Um, he basically like he grabs her by the neck. Yeah, the corpse comes back to life, grabs her by the neck, and kind of scratches her, but doesn't. And then uh, we see through the eye hole of Flip Flop Man that Hideki is in there, and he's like, "You're mine now." And she grabs a shard of glass and stabs him in the in the eye, and that causes him to fall out of the um, window and basically break apart when he hits the ground because he's just a burnt out husk. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, it's finally over. And now, then it cuts to the hospital where she's recovering. It's actually like a weird, it's a, a, like a long scene. Again, this movie does these artistic things sometimes yeah. where it's like a full minute of her just sitting down kind of in relief yeah. as like the uh, dust and ashes just kind of oh, fall around right. her really nice. This movie really chills out for like a pretty extended period of time. <laughs> Which is, I guess, yeah. adds to the to the movie length, but I do appreciate little touches mm-hmm. like this. So you, you spend a good minute there just while she sits there in relief. And then I think she passes out. Yeah, and then something. she wakes up in a hospital with like where there's a no smoking sign, but a detective offers her a cigarette. And he and her share a smoke. That's as not he... a detective. I think that's her producer. That's a... Uh... Is it? Yeah, yeah, because he's like, I'll see you at work tomorrow. No, he says, get get better and get back to work. Oh, okay. I don't I, think... I, maybe... I misinterpreted that. Because She's like... heavily bandaged up here. Because her producer is a different guy. You're like... right, you're right, from the beginning of the yeah. movie. Yeah. So anyways, we then... And this guy does have the traditional uh, detective's trench coat on. Yeah, I'm wearing a rain jacket even in the sunshine. Um, <laughs> but uh, where we go from there is... Um, she ba- we basically explain, like, we found the bodies, no sign of this weird alien demon baby. Maybe he just didn't exist. Maybe it was trauma. And she says, maybe it is. Yeah, she do- he does recount the yeah. facts, and he's like, that sounds pretty unlikely. Yeah, like everything else that happened was freaking wild, but like so the alien a, baby, uh, a talking sentient baby, yeah, a fetus, you say that could control things. <laughs> and so then we cut to uh, back to the TV studio where we started our show, and she's hosting another episode of Nami's Late Late Night. She's changed her hair; she yep. has curly hair throughout the movie, and, and now it's a bit straightened. Yeah, and we ba- she basically reads through everyone that passed away uh, and details the whole ordeal, and it ends, and everyone's like, "That was a really good episode." Then she goes for a little bit of a walk, and uh, all of a sudden, the pain starts. And then all of a sudden, smoke and lightning erupts from her stomach and Yeah, because we uterus. did see, when after he choked yeah. her and she gets rid of him, she has these marks on her neck yeah. which she actually has to tear off. Yeah. Uh, where, I guess, his fingers had seared into his neck. Mm-hmm. And then when she begins clutching at her neck at this point uh, in the movie that you're describing, They're you're back. kind of like, oh, that's how he got in. So he's inside of her. I kept on saying she's going to be pregnant with him. And you're yeah. like, well, how's that going to happen? Apparently that's how. And uh, then basically he he causes her to birth him. And he looks up at in her. an explosive birth. Yes, too. like yeah. as in like fireworks explosive. <laughs> literal fireworks going off as he emerges. And he comes like, yeah. From the birth canal. And then he looks her in the eye and says, mommy, credits. <laughs> I think this movie is great. Uh, or not, not great, but it's it's. I enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, I uh, it's I didn't know where it was going. Didn't know the twists or turns. It's always nice to watch something that we like. I don't know anything about or or have any of the background on. Uh, but let's run through the cast quickly. Uh, Miyuki Ono stars as Nami. Yuji Han Hanma is uh, Dasuki Muraki. Maybe that's the uh, flip flop man. Hitomi. Kobayashi is uh, stars as Rei Sujinya, Shinsuke Shimada as the TV producer, Aya Katsuragi as Mas- Masako Abe, uh, Masahiko Abe as Akiko Kondo, 
Eriko Naka, Nakajoawa as Raiwa Kawamata. You're just struggling through these <laughs> names, not, Graham. I'm going to stop. I'm going <laughs> to stop. I apologize. Every now and then I'm like, no, I can totally pronounce this name. I, I know all the Japanese wrestlers' names. I can pronounce theirs. But then it's like, yeah, it's because I hear them enter, introduced all the time. Like, and now I'm entering from Yokohama, Japan, Minoru Suzuki. I'm like, awesome. Um, That's like a real New Japan uh, name. Minoru Suzuki. I mean, he is a real New Japan wrestler. Uh, he uh, fought uh, Brian Danielson last night in North America. It was a great match. I watched it. It was hard-hitting and excellent and scary. Um, so uh, Hitomi uh, Kobayashi who played the supporting role of Ray uh, Sujira, was actually a top, top, top star. I looked this up briefly, and it took me a while to like actually think about this. Was a top star for Japan Home Video, which is an actual company, JHV, under their adult video AV uh, label, I, Alice Japan. I guessed this. And that she is the person that has the extended sex scene that just goes on and on and on. Um, this was actually meant... To, Japan Home Video actually financed the film as a vehicle for Kobayashi, but director Toshiharu Ikada, Ikeda, unsure of Kobayashi's acting ability, instead put Miyu Mayuki Ono in the starring role. And so Mayuki Ono stars as Nami. Um, she has been in a lot of stuff. Most recently, 2018's... Here we go again. Kushina, What Will You Be? Um, I think this is probably like her biggest. She also uh, appeared in Black Rain, which is the 1989 American action Michael thriller. Douglas movie. Yep, by Ridley Scott, uh, which also featured Cape Capshaw. Um, I thought was Jackie Chan in that one, or am I thinking you? No, 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 Jackie Chan in Ridley Scott's Black Rain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you guys all excited about the last duel? A little bit. Looks okay. Yeah, looks all right. But uh, the Evil Dead trap did produce several sequels i'm just trying to look them up um because the wikipedia page on evil dead trap is not that great and their legacy section is empty so the original japanese title here we go again is shirio no wana which translates into trap of the uh trap of the cursed dead trap of the dead spirits uh, and it was followed up by Evil Dead Trap 2 and Evil Dead Trap 3. So Evil Dead Trap 2. Let's try and find something on that. I would have to think, because I think part of the charm of this movie is that uh, in the last act, it really uh, went bonkers. Mm-hmm. So if you're already starting from there for the next one, I, I, it might not be as good. Who knows? So uh, Evil Dead Trap 2, actually, I don't think it's not a direct sequel. Basically, the, the brief synopsis of it is a female projectionist is haunted by the image of a small boy. Uh, Evil Dead Traps 3, uh, Broken Love Killer is the title of that film. scary small boys in Japanese horror films. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, this is where it began. <laughs> so uh, also directed by... Uh, the original film's Toshiharu Ikeda. Uh, despite his title, is actually not connected to the Evil Dead Trap films in any way, much like Evil Dead Trap is not connected to the Evil Dead films in any way. So, with all that being said, Phil, what is your final thought on Evil Dead Trap? Yeah, this is fun. This is um, it's probably the only Japanese horror movie that uh, has the same... Uh, energy tone and visual style of italian horror because we've watched so much italian horror mm -hmm. between our podcast and like the various movie nights we've had you've hosted and mm -hmm. uh 
it's uh yeah it's, it really continues in that lineage it definitely shows its influences from uh lucio fulci and i'd say to a degree lumberto bava there's a bit of that sure, too yeah definitely so, demons yeah and, yeah demons and demons too and delirium um and even maybe a little bit of uh but at this point i'm not sure how big michelle suave would have been he would have done the church and the sect at this point but um maybe just the church he wouldn't have done it and um because, yeah, because uh, Stage Fright came out the year before this, so probably not Michelle Suave, but definitely definitely Lamberto Bava. I'd say definitely uh, Dario Argento in there oh, as yeah. well. Sure. Uh, and, and Lucio Fulci is the biggest influence, clearly. Yeah. The maggots, the eye trauma, the, the body horror, uh, it's all there. The, mu- the music. Oh, yeah. Score. Definitely uh, some, uh, some, some influence and from... And Fog. Yes, The Fog. Christ, we almost should have watched the dubbed version just for that uh, extra Fulci feel. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. For some reason, I find Italian films dubbed into English play a bit better than Japanese films. Just because the the enunciation is so different that uh, whenever I watch a Japanese film dubbed into English, it's always like, as as bad as some of the Italian films can be, like, it's so much worse because it's like... Ha-ha, all right, let's go do the thing. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm pretty sure he didn't say that in that in that way. You're just trying to match that per- character's lips. The, the surfer voice. Yep. No way, it's a big spike. <laughs> um. So yeah, Kit, what are your final thoughts on Evil Dead Trap? I I, I dug it. It was it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, I hadn't heard of this movie before. Apparently, it's a cult classic. And uh, you can see why. I mean, it's a little uh, paint-by-numbers on the old, uh, you know, kind of setup. Oh, here we are. Here, here's our victims, one by one. But uh, I don't know. It had an interesting edge to it. I liked it. Cool. Um, for my final thought, I liked it as well. I thought it was fun. Um, I hate that we started off by saying it's too long. It's not too long. It's fine. Our attention spans are just shot from watching short films and YouTube videos and video games and whatnot. Maybe Ten minutes, just from the sex, yeah. from the rape and the sex scene. Cut, cut those a little. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, I think you got a tighter movie. Little. Eighty minutes is the sweet spot for a horror movie. <laughs> I just say it really is. I don't know. I still feel like you need that ninety minutes because you need that period of like all hope is lost. Which this film, the last hour is basically all hope is lost. But uh, no, I dug this film quite a bit. I, as of course, I wear my Fulci love on my sleeve, um, and so does this film. So I cannot help but enjoy it a lot. Uh, I guess this is a we DV, DBV approves. Yes. Yeah, recommend. Yep. That's, All right. It's a, it's a three and a half skulls for me or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> three and a half bones like the video <laughs> hand. Yeah. Um, all right. So for Death by Video. I've been Phil. I've been Kit. I've been Graham saying happy Halloween, everybody. Ooh. Go do some spooky stuff. Or don't. I was working in the lab. For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It got on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires the girls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. 
Dracula and his son. The scene was Rocky over digging the sounds. Igor on chains backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match. Out from his coffin rack's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the match. It's now the monster match. The monster match. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the match. It's caught on in a flash. It's